Our second scripture lesson comes from Leviticus chapter 25. I'll be reading selected verses between verse 8 and and 55, so not all of them, just a handful. And you shall hallow the 50th year, and you shall proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. You shall return every one of you to your property and every one of you to your family. That 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. You shall not sow or reap the aftergrowth or harvest the unpruned vines, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall only eat what the field itself produces. You shall not cheat one another, but you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. You shall observe my statutes and faithfully keep my ordinances so that you may live on the land securely. The land will yield its fruit and you will eat your fill and live on it securely. If there are not sufficient means to recover the property, what was sold shall remain with the purchaser until the year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee, it shall be released and property shall be returned. If any of your kin fall into difficulty and become dependent on you, you shall support them. They shall live with you as though resident aliens. Do not take interest in advance or otherwise make profit from them, but fear your God. Let them live with you. You should not lend them your money at an interest taken in advance or provide them food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan to be your God. If resident aliens among you prosper, or if any of your kin fall into difficulty with one of them and sell themselves to an alien or to a branch of the alien's family, even after they have sold themselves, they shall have the right of redemption. One of their brothers may redeem them, or their uncle or their uncle's son may redeem them, or any of their family who is of their own flesh may redeem them or if they prosper, they may redeem themselves. As a laborer hired year by year, they shall be under the alien's authority, who shall not, however, rule with harshness over them in your sight. And if they have not been redeemed in any of these ways, they and their children with them shall go out in the jubilee year. For to me, the Israelites are servants. They are my servants who I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This too is the word of God. For the people of God. Let's play, let's play a game. It's going to be a game of imagination. So as a church, we're approaching a, uh, a centennial, but this, uh, let's imagine for a moment that we are here at Morningside just over 50 years ago, 50 years after the church's construction, you know, our mortgage hasn't been paid off, and suddenly it's wiped clean. The debts that were owed no longer exist. Interest and all, the balance is zero. That's amazing, right? Think of all that could be done with that money. We could build a new building that we don't have yet, create education rooms and better offices. We could renovate the sanctuary, make it beautiful, replace the carpet. There's a lot we could do. Uh, We would never have to worry about not making payroll. We could get new choir robes. But that's not all. The land on which the church was built is now going back to its original owner, not to, not to the folks from whom the Presbytery of Greater Atlanta purchased it, not to the Western and Atlantic Rail Company, not to James Oglethorpe and the 
uh, trustees from the colony of Georgia. Do you like how well I researched the history of Georgia? <laughs> um, but rather to the Muscogee people who lived here originally. Whatever remnant of that tribe exists, wherever they are, this land is now given back into their hands. So say thank you to the building and say thank you to the campus and for all it's given you in the last 50 years, but it's time for a reset. We're going back to our homes. We'll all be making the trek back to our homes and to our families, and all of us are taking a whole year off from work, so sound the trumpets. We're out. What do you think? Would you like to continue this with this premise? Does this feel like a game that you are excited to play? I feel like I'm seeing a little bit of trepidation and like a lot of confusion, and I get it because I'm sure that one of the questions we're contemplating is, well, what, what comes next? If the church has to return all of its land uh, to the previous owner, then so do we as individual property owners. And if I spend the next year not working, then how do we get to the next year with like a completely unscathed credit score? But, but maybe that won't matter, right? Because if the church's debts are canceled, then our debts are canceled. And okay, so all the debts are canceled, which is good for us, but what about the folks that lent that money or the folks whose livelihood depends on the collection of that debt? This game won't be very fun for very long. It just gets increasingly more complicated. And I'm sure it is obvious uh, where the inspiration for this game comes from. It's taken directly from the instructions of Leviticus 25. This game is called the Year of Jubilee. And as one of our children so eloquently put it, seriously? <laughs> and, and this isn't actually, it isn't actually a game, but the laws, create, the laws found in Leviticus, not unlike the rules of a game, create a series of boundaries to exist within. The people of Israel, God's chosen people, were given hundreds of laws and commandments, and those laws created the guide rails for their lives. It is the way that God intended for them to live. It is the outline of the story that God was writing for them. God laid out the rules, set up the game so that God's chosen people might thrive and treat one another well. And the same was true for the year of Jubilee. In Leviticus, God had already declared that every seventh year would be a sabbatical. In line uh, with the rest observed on the seventh day, sabbatical years required that the land be left alone for a whole year. No planting, no reaping. The land itself gets a reset. So Jubilee comes after seven cycles of sabbatical. So every 50 years, the rules of the game change a little bit. The world gets turned on its head. Jubilee calls for a proclamation of liberty, of freedom for all people. The year itself is marked as holy. All of the inhabitants of the land are asked to return to their homes and their families. Like the sabbatical year, the land lies unworked. There will be no growing, no harvesting, meaning that folks uh, will be required to eat only what the fields produce naturally. All property sales must be fair. Kin that has fallen into hardship must be cared for. Any loans will be offered without interest. And if someone gets to the year of, uh, the year of Jubilee and has been unable to repay any of their debts, they are forgiven without question. Slaves are released and all land is returned to its original owner. It's a, it's a pretty big ask. It's a lot to do, um, but it was not declared without purpose. 
Jubilee, apart from being a way to observe the Sabbath in a slightly extreme fashion, reminds its observers that nothing on earth truly belongs to humans. It is all on loan from God. It is also an equalizing move. Property returning to its original owner stops a lot of land from concentrating in just a few hands. So there would be no massive developers in the promised land buying up huge swaths of property in low-income areas to put up million-dollar townhomes. Um, Imagine all of the companies that have been gobbled up by corporations like Meta and Amazon and Ticketmaster being sent back into the world to their founders, to their original audiences, to their original purpose. The Jubilee offers a complete social, economic, and agricultural reset. And these are the boundaries that God asked for Israel to live within. This is the game that God asked them to play. And I'm not sure that it simplifies the game that we opened with. Knowing the reasons, excellent though they may be, it does not make it easier to play, to follow these rules. It's still a deeply difficult, impractical boundary to live within. So obviously this game wasn't meant for 2023, right? This is just about Israel's relationship with Yahweh and their context and their culture are just really foreign to us. So a jubilee is not for us. And, and the practice of jubilee uh, may be foreign to us, but the word is not. We use it regularly. As Pastor Amanda said to the children, somewhere in the course of history, we began to use that word for celebrations. We associate being jubilant with being joyful or with making a joyful noise. How many times have we marked a jubilee celebration of the late Queen Elizabeth? In my 35 years, there were five. Uh, And if you were born in or before 1962, you got all seven. And those were landmark occasions, but Jubilee is supposed to be a lot more than just a celebration, right? There is, uh, for me, a deep irony in the British monarchy using Jubilee as a celebratory marker for their reign. (laughs) Jubilee, as it was intended, is a time of freedom, right? The release of captives and the returning of land to its original owners. So feel how you'd like about a particular king or queen, but there is no denying that the monarchy was, is, an agent of colonization that grew and benefited from taking things that did not belong to them and holding on to them with an iron fist. So celebrating a gold or a platinum jubilee is not exactly the spirit that God intended. But the truth is that nothing about the Jubilee went as intended. It has not been celebrated or observed properly for millennia. It isn't super clear from biblical sources how many times the people of Israel practiced the Jubilee as instructed. Rabbinic texts uh, suggest that the people of Israel counted 17 years of Jubilee while they were in the Promised Land, and all of that came to an end after their exile. And I suppose that makes sense. Exile changed the game and made it significantly harder to live within the boundaries that God had given them. And now the year of Jubilee may be uh, declared or celebrated in certain communities, but it certainly isn't followed to the letter. It's possible that the year of Jubilee was never obeyed, even when it was declared. And I understand that. It is a lot to ask, a lot to ask. 
Leviticus 25 asks for you to give up your livelihood, your home, and your immediate most convenient source of food. It asks all people to essentially start at zero with a clean slate. It asks us to give up our power and our privilege. It asks us to make liberty and freedom possible for all people. It asks so much that it feels almost impossible. And maybe it is, but I'm not, I'm not quite ready to give up on this game just yet. Can we imagine, just imagine, what living within the boundaries of a jubilee year would mean for us? Think about that. Think about what it would look like to have a full economic, social, agricultural reset, to fully observe the rules of jubilee. So there's no laboring. None of us are going into the office tomorrow, myself included. We'll spend the next year resting, doing things just because. More time spent outside, I think. More long conversations around the table. I will finally finish all of the books on my Just for Fun list. I'm going to play so many board games. I'm going to go jump on the trampoline with my niece and my nephew. We'll keep worshiping God, of course, but since laboring is off the table, our services are going to look a little different. uh, Impromptu and without polish, but authentic and joyful nonetheless. Jonathan can play whatever his heart desires, however the Spirit moves him. We can read whatever Scripture is speaking to us. Katie and Amanda and I, we won't have sermons prepared, so it'll be up to all of us to make make the conversation and reflection happen. This doesn't sound so bad, right? Not so far. You also won't catch me at Kroger buying food. I'll just be eating stuff off the land. I'm not entirely sure what that's going to look like, but maybe I'm going to get really good at foraging. I don't know. You know, Georgia also has one of the highest densities of food deserts in the country. So we're all going to go down together to those formerly, uh, areas formerly considered food deserts down to southwest Atlanta and work together to put food on all of our tables because none of us will have food readily available to us anymore. No more Kroger, no more Fresh Market, no more Trader Joe's. We're going to have to work together and we'll have to care for each other. That's part of the rules too. All right, it's loan time. So your mortgage is done, student debt is canceled, adios to your credit card balances, the medical bills that have been piling up or have stopped you from seeking care, don't worry about those anymore. And not just for you and me, but for every single person, all the inhabitants of the land. And hey, none of us own our homes anymore, but that's okay, no one does. We'll figure it out. Now the release of slaves is a tough one, Um, But let's imagine what that might look like. Maybe we need to start thinking seriously about uh, about reparations for the families of formerly enslaved. Perhaps all prisoners get out for time served. Anyone who has been trying to work off a debt to the person that helped them get into this country is now free and welcome among us. The people waiting at the border don't have to wait for admittance anymore. I think something that our game of Imagine Jubilee shows us is just how far the world is from the guide rails, the boundaries that God set in the book of Leviticus. It would take so much, so much to get this world aligned with the vision for life that God gives in Leviticus 23. Is the world going to get its act together and start playing along? It's not very likely but I'm not sure that means that we shouldn't try. 
We're starting um, our Lenten season with a year of Jubilee to lead us into the experience of forgiveness. I hope you don't have to stretch your imaginations too far to see how Jubilee is a model on a grand societal scale for forgiveness. Debts are forgiven, losses are recouped. It is a place, a time, an experience that allows for a full reset that puts all people on even footing, not just before God, but also before one another. So yes, it feels like too much, and no, it isn't practical, but what about, what on earth about forgiveness or the kingdom of God is practical? It is not simple or easy for us, but perhaps, just perhaps, this is the game that God intended for us to play. This is the dance that God calls us into. This is the story that God is trying to write for us. And that means we have to do the hard things. So maybe we'll change the rules of the game a little bit and just add a drop, just a little taste of uh, jubilance into our small spaces. Let's start with us. What would it mean to try a little bit of jubilee in your personal life? Why don't you pull a few things off your to-do list? Find reward in resting, in stepping away from busyness for a little while. The Venmo request you sent and have been waiting on since the last happy hour, cancel it. Let your coworker off the hook. The anger and the disappointment you've been hanging on to since your kid broke curfew, failed an exam, lied about where they were, release it. And the punishment you've been threatening them with, give them the gift of Jubilee instead. Both of you can take a reset. Spend an afternoon learning about who owned your home before you did. Research what the land was used for before your house was there, and then give thanks for the privilege of owning it. And if a drop of Jubilee can do all of that and more for us, think about what it could do if we spread that out into our neighborhoods, into our city, We could address those food deserts by giving to ICM, not just in this Lenten time, but all the time. We could help those without find the shelter they deserve and a space to call their own. We could advocate for loan forgiveness and the expungement of criminal records. Churches in our city are already doing that work. There is no limit to what could be done if we just practice the tiniest bit of Jubilee. So in this Lenten season, I want to offer you an invitation, an invitation to be jubilant, an invitation to enter into God's story and to open ourselves to the impractical experience of something new. May we walk the road to Jerusalem with eyes open to see and hearts willing to participate in the world that God wishes for us to live in. May we celebrate Jubilee together. Amen.